Hello everyone, I'm Sapyun Sasa. Welcome to Culture Rainbow, a place where we explore cultural differences and diverse ways of thinking and living through storytelling. In this series of Life with an Indian, I would like to share with you the challenges we experience on a daily basis with my Indian partner, as well as how we try to find a compromise regarding our cultural differences. And in this episode, Finally, we'll talk about what brings us together and gives us courage to face all these cultural differences. In previous episodes, we have talked about the conflicts that come up often in our couple as the result of cultural differences in terms of cooking expectations, eating habits, spending habits, meaning of words, beauty standards, perceptions of privacy, implication of virginity, interactions with people of the opposite gender, as well as the discrepancies between my liberal values and the conservative practices in my boyfriend's family. So my friends often ask me, why are we still together? First of all, we both usually don't get angry for very long. No matter how mad we are at each other, generally we can't keep our anger for more than a few hours. So sometimes fights can happen even on a daily basis but they last for only 10 minutes, so they don't cause a big damage to the relationship. And according to Dr. Gottman, professor in psychology, to maintain a happy relationship, you need to keep the 5 to 1 magic ratio in mind, which means that for every negative interaction, you need to compensate it with at least 5 positive interactions. I think one of the reasons why we can recover quickly from the negative energy of fights is because we generate often positive interactions with small acts of attention, such as giving each other a warm glass of water in winter, surprising each other with gifts or tasty snacks, and completing one extra household chore. And we try to make each other laugh a lot, making comic faces or giving funny remarks as we both have the same sense of humor. Furthermore, we both are very interested in spirituality and are deeply committed to our meditation practice. We meditate two hours daily, one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening. It sometimes happens, yeah, that we are angry with each other just before the meditation session. But generally, after the session, most of our anger has died down. We also attend 10-day Vipassana meditation courses twice a year to strengthen our practice. As the course is very intense, with 10 hours of meditation per day, we have the opportunity to further purify our negativities and find ourselves lighter and less prone to get angry after each course. Now, solving fights is good, but it would be even better to avoid them. In these two years of relationship, we have discovered and implemented some codes to stay out of potential arguments. The first code is peace. This code is used when one person wants to keep on talking for a very long time, but the other person is losing the patience or the interest to listen further. It is also used when the argument starts to escalate. We can feel the anger building up and we want to stop it before the explosion. It is not always easy to use it in the middle of an argument because usually the other person has an urge to counterattack with more arguments, but we try to respect it as much as possible and we both know where that our argument would lead us to. The other code is BOMB. This is a code we learned from a Taiwanese couple. They have been happily married for 14 years. So we asked them what is the secret of a happy marriage. 
they told us it is about avoiding to step into each other's bomb area. In every couple, there are certain things that you say or do which would make your partner extremely angry, and vice versa. The trick is to know which are those big bombs and avoid them. The bomb can be different for every couple. For our Taiwanese friends, for example, it was the feeling of being ignored. If one of them talks and the other person ignores without giving a proper reply, whether intentionally or unintentionally, it drives them mad. For us, our bomb is any criticism about India. As you would have surely noticed in this podcast, sometimes I criticize things that I don't like about India, especially patriarchy. At the slightest criticism about India, my boyfriend gets furious. He has never lived in another country, and India is his home country. So he's very patriotic and does not want to hear anything bad about India. Of course he knows that India has many problems, but he doesn't want to be reminded of them constantly by a foreigner. And he feels helpless hearing these problems, as there is usually no immediate solution to solve them. So his point is, why spreading negativity if you don't have a solution? And my point is, spreading awareness is the first step of the solution. He also mentioned every country has problems, so he doesn't understand why I have to focus on India's problem exclusively, and he would send me videos featuring domestic violence and rape in Europe. I agree that of course there are problems everywhere in the world, but the scope is different. You can't say that the sporadic rape cases in Europe is the same thing as the general patriarchy which prevails in India and affects every woman on a daily basis to a greater or lesser extent depending on where they live. And I focus on India because it affects me directly. I told them, I told him, if I never have to live in the conservative and backward areas of India, then it's fine. But because your parents live in a conservative area and we are going there to visit your family twice a year, then I need to find a solution for change or at least be able to vent out my frustration because every time I go there, I feel so miserable. So what's the solution? I continue to spread awareness to other people, but I don't tell him anymore the problems I have with India and he's already well aware of them. Of course, sometimes I'm still tempted to share certain things like whenever I come across some incidents of domestic violence in the Indian news channel or some Indian comedians who point out India's issues with dark humor. But then I remember, if I show him these videos, I'm getting into the bomb area. So I try to control myself not to step in. Of course, our personality does not fit 100%, but we both have the understanding that no one is perfect in this world. Growing up in the Indian culture where arranged marriage is the norm, my boyfriend knows that a relationship is a perpetual work in progress. People get to know each other, make the efforts to adjust, and ultimately manage to live together and find a way to make their relationship work. This is the belief of arranged marriages. As for me, I have been in a lot of relationships before meeting my boyfriend, and then I started to notice an emerging pattern. The first few weeks, my exes always seemed perfect, but eventually, at the latest, after a few months, they ended up showing their real flaws. The flaws were different, but I have noticed that everybody would have some flaws or the other that were unbearable, be it somebody who gets angry easily, someone who's always depressed, 
or someone who is always emotionally distant. After many failures, I have reached the conclusion that when you get to know someone in depth, no one has nice flaws. No one has that one flaw that doesn't bother you too much on a daily basis. So eventually, I reached the conclusion that if I want a partner, I have two choices. The first choice is to leave the partner after a few months after the flaws have started emerging. Then look for a new partner, enjoy for a few months until the flaws appear, then leave him and then begin the cycle again. If I choose this option, my relationships will always be shallow and unsustainable. Still, I chose this option for many years because running away was easier than putting up with things that I didn't like. But when I turned 30, it gradually dawned on me that I didn't want to spend my life changing partners every few months because finding and getting to know someone from scratch is a very time-consuming and exhausting process. I didn't want to spend time on numerous meaningless dates anymore just to find one potential match. So I decided that I would go with the second option, be more patient with the next person who comes into my life and stick around even when things get hard. So if we are still together today, I think it is more a result of our willingness to make the relationship work rather than our inherent compatibility. Last but not the least, we maintain the awareness of our impermanence and mortality regularly. We know that constant change is the law of nature. Nothing is permanent, nor us, nor the relationship. So we know that we won't always be together. Either someday we'll grow apart or one of us will die first. From time to time, we look at each other and say, someday you'll also become dust. Then this realization puts things into perspective. Every day, we try to be grateful that we both are still alive today and the relationship still exists and not take anything for granted. At the end of the day, our relationship is pretty much like life itself, an adventure in finding a delicate balance in an ever-evolving chaos. With practice, we get better at juggling different problems, and each time our temporary balance becomes longer and more stable before the next challenge. So let's see where life will lead us. Thank you for listening. This is the last episode in the Life with an Indian series. I hope you have enjoyed these stories. Please share them with anyone who would like them. And you are welcome to share your thoughts with me too. I look forward to sharing more stories with you in the next series. Have a nice day or evening, depending where you are right now. Bye!